Oh, AFC's home on even years, NFC on odd. So it's an odd year, but Buccaneers will be the home team in their home stadium. That's that's nuts. With Tom Brady. Oh, all right. He was smart, man. He really just went to a team that all they needed was someone that not all they needed was someone that wasn't gonna throw thirty interceptions. <laughs> and he threw three tonight. God. Yeah, he wasn't particularly good tonight, but it was still just enough to win, man. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Unpopular Opinion. Uh, today was a wild week uh, for starters. I'm your host, Jason Rivera. I got my co-host, Bo Benson. Say hello to the people. What's up, everybody? We had a wild, <laughs> a wild week. Uh, an especially wild weekend. So uh, yeah. let's just dive into what everyone wants to hear this week. Which that... is um, the Chargers <laughs> hiring Joe Lombardi to be their offensive coordinator. That's uh... no, the Bucks oh, okay. and the Packers. Bo, look, I need to hear I, from you first. I haven't, I hadn't actually looked at his stat line this year, but like. <laughs> 4,633 yards, 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and a 102.2 quarterback rating for Tom Brady in his, what, 20th season? That's okay, sure, whatever, man. I don't I don't know. What What are you even supposed to do at this point? It's, it's ridiculous. He's he's going to be like, this is what, his 10th Super Bowl now? And half the, half the time he makes the Super Bowl? That's that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, he's accomplished. Like you can't you, you, you can't take any of that from him. Like he's no. There's I. It's I was telling my my friends like it's uh it's I'm not I'm not interested in uh litigating litigating Tom Brady's career anymore. Like there's nothing there's nothing more to talk about. Like uh. He's the best to ever do it, like bar none. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Know I don't want to hear. Could... I don't want to hear Aaron Rodgers, man. <laughs> I don't want to hear his name anymore. Listen, I don't know if I could give him the best quarterback to ever play the position award. I don't know if I can give him that. He has the best legacy. He has sure, the... but I mean, I like no one will ever know. Listen, I'm in this isn't taking anything away from Tom. Like, I swear, if you say anything negative, even the slightest thing, people take it as you're saying he's the worst player on the planet. Like, no. Tom Brady, to me, I would put him number two as the greatest talent to play quarterback ever. Who's number one? Number one is Aaron Rodgers, bro. Oh, my God. I don't care. The Packers have not given him shit for no, years, dude. No, I don't care, man. For I don't years. care years. And he I still don't does what he does. Like, dude, Tom, what's that? Like, bro, he, he's cried for like 10 years now about needing a home NFC championship game and he was down 28 to 10 in this game. Listen, the home field advantage, none of that matters, dude. 
Like, listen, what does what does Aaron Rodgers have on that offense besides Devontae Adams? <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. Nobody can name player anyone who's not a Packers fan can't name more than three oh, players, more than two just, players on that offense for I the just, Packers. And he does what he does all the time. Even tonight, three touchdowns, one interception, and it wasn't enough to Tom Brady's three touchdowns and three interceptions. I'm not taking it away from him. They Tom just, Brady does know. what he needs to do to win. But like, let's be honest, bro. Like Aaron Rodgers does the most with the least. Like, the Packers have done him dirty his entire career. He either has, like, the worst defenses or they give him nothing on offense. Like, a couple years ago, they drafted a quarterback. For what? Like, come on, that last year. Like, why? Like, why would you do that? V or anything, they took a quarterback. Anything that would have actually helped Aaron Rodgers, you know, on the offensive side of the ball or defensive side, and they chose not to, like, the Packers, what we need to talk about is how trash the Packers are as an entire organization because <sighs> they just wasted Aaron Rodgers' entire career. Like, you know what? I base this, the my guess on the, on the Bucks beating the Packers solely on the fact that Tom Brady had weapons everywhere, and it showed this game. Tom Brady had three turnovers today, and the Packers' offense couldn't do anything with it. I just don't want to hear it anymore, man. Like, Rodgers has had forever. He's cried. He's whined about not having home field advantage in the playoffs before he finally gets it, and they don't do anything with it. I just, I don't know. I can't can't do it anymore. I, I'm going to give that that uh, that most talented but least decorated or not as decorated. I'm giving that to Mahomes. Mo- that's uh, I that's think his Mahomes now. I just, we'll here's get the thing. There, but he has to give me five more years of what he's doing right now. Tom Brady has as many NFC championships as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers in one year. Listen, I'm not taking anything away from Thomas Brady. No, I know, but we got to we got to have an honest dialogue about Aaron Rodgers, man. I don't know. What was he supposed to do with what he had? You got to do more. You get home field. You get home field throughout the playoffs. You got to do more, man. You can't lose. You can't lose after you complain about it. I don't know, man. He put the team on his back in the middle of that game after they had a terrible start, threw them right back in it. And then let's talk about those last five minutes of the game. I think that was wild. How do you have Aaron Rodgers and you choose not to go for it on? It was like fourth and goal, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, no, it was fourth and goal. I think the worst. The third and goal play before it was worse because Rodgers had so much open space in the flat that he chose to ignore and instead threw in a double coverage and made it harder on the team. Uh, I think, I don't know if he scores if he runs it, but at the very least, he gets close enough to where it's much more of an easy decision to uh, go for it there. But yeah, that's, uh, listen, that's cowardly. Regardless, like, Exactly. It's cowardly. Like I, you can't you can't have Aaron Rodgers and choose no. to, to to kick it. That I, I don't there's in no way does that logic make any no. sort of sense because I, if you lose that if say Aaron Rodgers, you know, you you end up turning the ball over on downs. So so the hell what? Like you're in the same spot you were in, but you gave your quarterback the chance to win it. We'll never know what would have happened if we gave him the opportunity. 
and that's ridiculous. It was horrible. It was it was the worst. Uh, it was some of the worst game management I've ever seen. I think. Uh, and I yeah, like I don't care. I don't care what the the points. You know, oh, if you kick a field goal, you win with a touchdown, or it's so much. You know, blah blah blah. Like I don't. I don't care. You have Aaron Rodgers, and it's Tom Brady on the other side of the field. Like. Yeah, you don't give it back to him. Yeah, no, you know. and even if you don't get it, like it's still, you know, they've got to go ninety nine yards to, you know, whatever. I, yeah, I just that was cowardly. Lafleur, uh, Lafleur gagged that, but Rogers, uh, Rogers had so much open space on that third down play. I can't believe he didn't go for it. The only play that uh, I think Lafleur was genius for, and I can't believe I never thought of that. The intentional offsides was the intentional offsides, yeah, and I kind of was, was rooting for them to pull that out after he did yeah. that because I was like, "That's about to be the play everyone talks about. <laughs> if he if they get <laughs> they the win. stop, turn around, and Aaron Rodgers scores, and they win, like that play right there would have been yeah, wild. Was, it would have been smart. wild on Monday. I just there was that, and then I hated that. I hated the pi call. On Johnson, the, I I think it was too obvious for them not to call it. Like, no, it I was get... the right it was the right call, but like you can't tug on a jersey. Obviously, like you're gonna get called on that. I just hated that he sold it the way that he, I mean, <laughs> it looked I, like I he got shot by a sniper <laughs> in the upper deck. I mean, I don't blame him, I just, but I, I mean, hate that. I I seen the arguments where they say, oh well, they let them play the whole game. Like if it was yeah. like a bang bang play then I think they would have let it go like the rest of the game. But you can't let that go. And clearly the dude was holding him by the jersey. <laughs> there was like a foot of jersey in his hand. You could clearly see him tugging on him. And if he hadn't done that, he easily would have caught that ball and the game would have been over. Like, yeah. Penalty is a penalty. I just, I just, I hate the selling. I don't like it. It sets a bad precedent. I don't I don't need to see that take over the NFL. As much as you hate the selling, I hate the people yelling that the game's rigged. Oh god, that's I'm kind of getting tired of uh especially after this year, this last year, hearing uh people complain about things being rigged is a uh, getting a little old and worn out, I would say. That's a uh, That game was a uh, That was a good game. That was that's good. A lot better I... than the game that came after it. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that game to be honest. Like it just kind of ended up the way we expected it, and nothing exciting happened out of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's the Chiefs are definitely my least disliked team, so it's whatever. And I always wanted Andy Reid to do good, but I thought the Bills would put up way more of a fight than they did. Yeah, um, they started out on fire. Yeah, it was just like last year, but smaller. Like, yeah, the, the yeah, it was the. But yeah. it it was the same. It's the same story too. Like, if you're on the road in the playoffs, like, why would you? Why are people kicking field goals, or anything like that? Like, the Bills kicked four or five field goals tonight when they should have just gone for it, and it, it detrimentally, you know, it was a, it was a detriment to their team. I definitely I, feel like eventually it's going to become a norm. Like at some point, aggressive football I think is going to become a normal thing. It yeah. may not be in the next year or two, but maybe five years down the line it becomes adopted but this conservative play calling just isn't the way like they're like you said it's kind of a spineless at times and it's like you've got to take these shots like i mean bill belichick has 
his whole career <laughs> in New England was like taking shots all no, the time. He'd go for it on fourth when people thought he shouldn't and looked at his resume, you know? Yeah, no. There's there's high school coaches that have like completely eliminated the kicking game from their playbook. So uh that's um that's the future. And you know, obviously if you're playing Madden, uh stop punting, stop kicking field goals, always go for it. <laughs> Lead the revolution. <laughs> There, there's obviously situations you don't want to go for it on friggin' fourth and yeah, no, two like, and more when you're on your side of the field, like between like the the end zone and the thirty. But like if you're if you're in that see, fringe middle of the field position or on the other side, and it's like fourth and yeah, one, no, fourth that's... and two, depending on your personnel, can you go for it? But even then, like I would. Is there really any offense out there that averages under two yards a game, two yards a play? Like if you're if you're playing with the mindset that you're not kicking the ball, I don't know. Like some team is going to try it eventually. There's going to be some really bad team that says like, you know what, screw it, we're not going to kick the ball anymore. We, we've looked at the analytics and the <laughs> and the percentage of plays scored in fourth That's, and one situations is higher. So now we're always going for it, no matter where we are on the, the field. The first team that uh that you know releases their kicker and their punter, uh, I will bandwagon that team as my second team, and I will root for them. It doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> we're gonna get the first. Uh, we're gonna just need like a Mike D'Antoni of the NFL to kick that off for us. And Reed does some wacky stuff with the Chiefs. It's uh, he does. I just hate His how likable that wild. team is. I know, man. So many, so many tight end shovel passes. I love it. <laughs> Gets me going. Yeah, but like you said earlier, uh, you're rooting for Andy Reid. I did too, especially after those, you know, his years in Philly, the way they did him at the end of that. Like, yeah, that was a. Uh... He went to three NFC Championship games, went to a Super Bowl, and definitely should have won that. But <laughs> you know, hey, look, he finally got he finally got the monkey off his back, and I think I saw. The Chiefs opened at three and a half point favorites for the Super Bowl. So, um, if he goes back to back, my goodness, who do you? A, well, who do you think? Who who's your pick for the Super Bowl? I I kind of am not entirely sure. Um, I I think the three and a half point line is probably a little too generous towards the Buccaneers. To be honest, mm. <laughs> I think the Chiefs should win by like a touchdown or more. They're just they were so clearly bored. Like every leading up to this game, they were just bored and, you know, they're playing in the Super Bowl again. They have a chance to go back to back. Mahomes is still the best quarterback in football. Kelsey is unguardable. Uh, I just, I don't know, like the Buccaneers will be a cute story, but I don't think that that defense as good as it is, is going to hold up against the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I think I'm leaning towards the Chiefs. I've seen Patrick Mahomes and that team do it too many times where they can yeah. just throw up 28 points in a quarter. <laughs> so or, or and mo and a lot of it is usually in the last like 5 minutes of a half or something like that. Yeah. Um for me to bet against them, I can't do that. But uh I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than we all think because that's always what happens. We always think that it's going to be one way and it ends up not. No, yeah, it's never. <laughs> and Tom Brady has a lot of weapons. Like, the difference between playing the Bills and p 
playing Tom Brady's Bucks is that Tom Brady has about four different number one options on the side of his on uh, his offensive side. Yeah, yeah. And I the just Bills have one, so it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be hard to guard the Buccaneers for the Chiefs, even for the Chiefs. You know, I think their defense is a little underrated. The Chiefs, like, yeah, like they're they're the old. Uh... They're the old Colts type defenses where, you know, like bend it, but don't break. Yeah. Well, you'd get, you know, you'd, you'd hope for Peyton Manning to get you a like two or two or three score lead. And then you'd just pin your ears back and rush the passer and mm. cover well. And the chiefs have like kind of perfected that. I think at this point, sure. Like Matthew is a perfect player for that defense. Well, um, if they get but, the lead, I mean, pressure, I mean, it's been known that pressure on Tom Brady makes him yeah. crack, so. And it's just, they, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that the Buccaneers are, like, happy to be there or anything like that, because obviously I, I think I picked them in the preseason to go to the Super Bowl. I don't remember. Um, we don't have that I, recorded. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a while ago. Um, but the Chiefs are just good. Like, I, I don't know. It, we try to we tend to overthink things a lot, and I mean at the end of the day, the Chiefs, like you said, they can score twenty eight points in like two minutes, and before you know it, like you know, it's thirty five to seven in the third quarter, and Patrick Mahomes is like throwing left handed passes because he's bored. Yeah. So, uh, I think the Chiefs will win. I like I said, I would put the line closer to like six and a half if it was me, but I don't you know I don't know anything. So the more I think about it, you might be right, but I think it'll be. Uh... It's going to be one of those games where it's going to be close throughout and then the Chiefs are going to probably blow it out in the last like yeah, five or so. six minutes. All of a sudden, a game that's like 17-21 turns into 48-17 yeah. after, <laughs> after I mean, three yeah, minutes like, of football. <laughs> the, Buccaneers, the Buccaneers have so much talent on defense, but I think in this, this age of the NFL, like if you have an offense like the Chiefs do, you're just – you're – you're up against it at that point if you're the other team. Yeah. It's just... <sighs> All I know is it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and, I mean, uh... really none of the... This is the first time in a while that I think all four uh, possible matchups were actually good. Yeah, I would have loved any <laughs> matchup that them... ended up coming out. Yeah, There's none of them that were uh, upsetting. Mm -hmm. Rogers, I mean, I just... Mahomes... Rogers, Josh Allen, Josh yeah. Allen, <laughs> the Bills having to face Tom Brady again. Did you see, <laughs> did you see Tom Bowl. Brady's record against the Bills? Oh, what is it? Career? Like 21 and zero. I was 32 and three. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> the the Bills saw he won the Super or won he they saw he won the NFC title and he was they were like, nah, we're good, man. Yeah, they said, uh, nah, you got it. Yeah, let's kick a bunch of field goals. Let's just uh, we'll wait see till what next happens. season. Go home. Wait yeah. till next season. You know, maybe he'll retire if he wins the Super uh, Bowl. Jesus. Who knows? I remember someone on the Bills in the off season giving an interview where they were like, you know, Tom Brady's finally out of our division. Like maybe we can, or you know, like we, we're the favorites now. Blah blah blah. And I, I just felt like it would have been so poetic for the the Bills to pull that out and have to go uh, play Tom Brady. Play Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. <laughs> It's just absolutely nuts. I mean, <sighs> Tom Brady has that Michael Jordan type legacy. We're definitely we get to watch that, you know, unfold from start to finish with Tom. You know, yeah, no, and it's it's just weird, man. I don't know. I've I think since like 
18 whenever he finally whenever he beat the the rams that was kind of when i was like okay whatever like there's mm. nothing you can say about this guy so for him to like be here again with a legitimate chance to win another one with a different team in his first year there like okay what i just i gave it I up know. after uh 16 was it no 17 yeah well the 16 17 season when he beat the when he came back on the falcons we don't talk about that game, man. I gave I gave up at that point. That's when I was like, "All right, I'm uh, never, ever, ever betting against this man ever again." The most the most frustrating game in NFL history, I think. The most frustrating part about it is the memes that were lost because of yeah. the outcome. <laughs> oh man, we lost yeah. so many great memes. That... I'm still finding that one of Tom Brady sitting down on the field with. Uh, like Malcolm and Martin and I think uh, Rosa Parks were laughing Scott at him, laughing at him. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like that was right after the uh, the election too. So mm. we were looking for a win, and we that was really like double L's. Good, that was a good signal for uh, what the next four years were going to be like. <laughs> oh, uh, man. All right, Bo, we gotta we can't talk about that stuff. Republicans watch podcasts too. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, be on my Michael Jordan with this. All right. No, I I said nothing positive or negative. <laughs> I simply made a a point. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of great quarterbacks, um, Philip Rivers retired as well. Man, pour one out for my guy. Uh, you know that's why I'm wearing. Listen, pour one out because he doesn't he have like eleven children. He's about to go home to on a daily basis. Bro, let's see. How? Let's see. Philip Rivers' kids' names. Let's see. He's got to have Gun- at least. Dude, Gunner. That's such a good name. Oh, that's. I could have guessed that one. He's got nine kids, man. Yeah, and he's gonna. What's the oldest? Well, how old's the oldest Gunner. one? I think Gunner. What is he right now? Uh, that's a good question. It's got to be like eleven or twelve by now, yeah. Probably, yeah. Oh, Hallie is 18. His daughter oh, okay. Hallie is 18. One's yeah. about to be out the door. Gunner's 12. Caroline, Grace, Sarah, Peter, Rebecca, Claire, and Anna is one. Bro, how? Wait, 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 wait. Five of them were all the same age? No, no, no. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. There's no uh, one. She was pumping 18, them out, huh? 18, 15, 14, 12, 10, 8, 6, 4, Jeez. and 1. Bro, his wife gets no breaks. <laughs> no days off, man. No days off. And he's back. I, what's and the over under, over under, over under two kids in the next year, in the next two years? Oh, man. I'll take the under. I'm going to take the <laughs> under, but I, I do think there will be one. Oh, At man. least one more. But uh, Does it count if they adopt? No, it does not count. Has yeah, to be. She has to. I'll take the another under. one. I'll take the under, but I do think there will be one more. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I saw a debate too, um, about Philip and whether he was a, a Hall of Famer. I saw people trying to argue and make jokes that he wasn't a Hall of Famer. Frustrating. I think that's uh, blasphemous. Yeah. Um, 
I would say Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer, and I would go as far to say that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer if he didn't uh, retire in the same year as uh, Drew Brees. I feel like he's going to become eligible well, the same year as him, and yeah. then they're going to pick Brees, of course. Like, of course, Brees goes over Philip, but they're also going to pick some old heads that haven't gotten in this is like their seventh try getting in since like 1960 and they're gonna throw them in there instead of philip yeah. is gonna he, get screwed out of it he's not first ballot but he's fifth all-time in passing yards he's fifth all-time in passing touchdowns he's top 10 in fourth quarter comebacks he's, i think the issue is just his postseason record, he's five and seven, and he obviously didn't win a Super Bowl. And I mean, um, it's football's a team sport more than yeah. more than anything, and that's what what did the Chargers give him? Outside, he had that. I mean, listen, he did have the great teams with uh, LT and Antonio Gates, and they ran into those buzzsaw Patriots. Yeah, but no, he... after that, there was like a good decade of like just yeah, having you know, like, trash o-lines <laughs> like the offensive line would be bad or like you know vincent jackson left and they kind of struggled to replace him they never had like a real number two to like help vincent jackson not just get doubled every time and really like what sucks is like they had antonio gates obviously one of the best receiving tight ends ever um but they really had him before, like, the whole, like, tight end wave took off. So, like, they weren't really scheming to get him open. Like, um, you know, I just, I don't think he's first ballot, but I, he's going to get in. And I think people should stop kidding themselves that he's not going to get in. And um, the NFL Hall of Fame is much more forgiving than, like, the MLB Baseball Hall of Fame or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean he'll get in he played he played in the afc championship game on a torn acl like come on man that is my well there are two favorite memories of philip rivers to me one is that one torn acl afc championship game against the patriots two is shit trash talking jay cutler <laughs> <laughs> like for like every time he'd play him from across yeah, the field we're never gonna see another player like philip rivers that's uh and mind you he would trash talk without cursing. That was always the best part. Like people would people would go on the internet and be mad about Rivers talking and they'd be like, "Oh, it's just so disrespectful." And then like if you knew what he was saying, yeah, you'd just, just be like, "He's over there being like, "Dad gum, dude, you got to throw that sooner." <laughs> Dad gum, man. Like, come on. Gee golly, he beat you on that edge, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. He beat you on that edge, brother. Yeah. No. Should have tried harder. Uh, he's a uh, and the bolo ties. Yeah, no, I shoot my. I'll I'll miss Philip Rivers. He was fun. He was, he was fun. He was great. He's one of he's easily one of my favorite quarterbacks. I just yeah no, it's just it's unfortunate because like his prime coincided with like four other guys just being the absolute best that the positions ever seen. Like and being a part of the Chargers. It yeah, kinda, uh, it kind of leads. Real. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of people gave Eli a little flack when he forced his way out of uh, getting drafted to the Chargers, and they, they swapped their picks, Phillip yeah. and Eli. But uh, there was kind of a reason for it, I would say. Yeah, I, I think Eli wasn't built 
to ta- to handle that kind of franchise. He got to go to New York where they did everything they could to build build around him, recognize what he was, and the Chargers are just cheap. Yeah. Eli would have Eli wouldn't have had anywhere near a successful career if he was uh in San Diego, yeah. In San Diego, yeah. Definitely. Um, if I was gonna name this era's well, I guess technically it's last era's with a couple holdovers. Um yeah. I would go personally Aaron Rodgers first. Drop Brady in there second. I have to go uh Manning Breeze. And then I think Philip falls in that number five with Romo a close number six. Ooh, yeah. No, I've got I would say Brady, Manning, Rogers, Breeze. And then you have like some combination of Rivers, Roethlisberger. Romo was great. Listen, Romo's all I, underrated. All I know is there there are two of the triple Bs in uh <laughs> the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> One oh, of them man. has not been Roethlisberger. No. Yeah, yeah, no, that's unfortunate, isn't it? Just um, I can't put Ben though over Philip or Romo though in any like I I couldn't I think do that. You can make a case to put him in over Rivers, but yeah, Romo's Romo's career is like Rivers' career on steroids. Like he put up the numbers and all that stuff, but yeah, they just oh, Romo would get beat to hell yeah. by by the media <laughs> and. Homeboy put up 47 points, but he threw the final interception and they'd say it was all his fault when he had like 400 yards yeah. and five TDs. Like you Dallas gave him nothing on defense. Like his defenses were the worst. Oh yeah. No, those, those teams were never good. They were never that good. I, I still remember being stunned when the giants went into Dallas and beat this, just beat the crap out of them in that uh, NFC championship game to go to the Super Bowl. Like that was just or was it a divisional? I don't even remember. I think it was the divisional round. He did get they... he got juiced though the catch year. Oh yeah. No, that was That was definitely I think that was their year to win a ring. Was definitely that year, but the whole catch rule thing, it uh that took that all away from them. You think uh you think Dak is still the starter in Dallas next year? I think he has to be unless they somehow trade for Matthew Stafford or I mean, Deshaun there's, Watson. <laughs> there's three quarterbacks that I think could be available, but outside Don, of Deshaun Deshaun's going to be available. Stafford's available. And do you see what Aaron Rodgers said today uh, after, after the, game? the game? I didn't see see what he said after. No, pull that quote up real quick. It's uh, was it juicy? It's very juicy, actually. Uh oh. He said, "We'll see what's up." How many years yeah, does he have on much. the contract? Um, I think he has got like four more years left, but you know, basically he said like, there's a lot of uncertainty in this building right now. And that includes me about Mm. next year. So, uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't sound like someone that was 100% confident he'd be back in green Bay next year. So it's a little juicy off season nugget. Listen, I'll, you could take this to the bank now, clip it, chat, whatever. (laughs) Um, Aaron Rodgers gets sent to a team that has any sort of weapons, they win the Super Bowl. I don't care. Yeah. No, if he I, if... leaves the Packers and goes anywhere that has more than one weapon on it, they're winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, if, if he actually goes if he goes to the management and says, I want out, like 
the 49ers, who obviously should be trying to get Deshaun and Stafford, should drop everything and just do everything they can to pull oh, Rodgers out where, of Green Bay. Isn't that where he wanted to go in the first place, right? I mean, that's he where he from was from Cal. He's from the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, that would make sense. Then they got Alex Smith, and he was hot. <laughs> Dropped all the way to, what, 24, 26, yeah, something like fell. that? He fell hard. And then, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, no, that would be. I just think I think San Francisco is a quarterback away from winning like two or three Super Bowls. That that team is stacked. Yeah. Speaking of those available quarterbacks, though, um, well, who do you want to start with, Stafford or Deshaun Watson? Saying <sighs> saying the Jets are his top. I don't. I don't buy that. That came from a Miami reporter who has no Texans connections, and I think he was just trying to make make waves. Yeah, I don't. I, the only team, I mean, there's plenty of teams. Like I, I think I said last week. Like again, I think there's only four teams that wouldn't entertain a, a Deshaun Watson trade. Um, but I think if he gets traded, he's he's got to go to the Dolphins. That's the only team that makes any sense to me personally to really go out and get him. Yeah, I Dolphins. do think if he went to the Jets, like I think the Jets are a lot closer than people realize. Because, like, we've seen teams lose Adam Gase, and all of a sudden they just They're get good again. Like, better. the Dolphins. <laughs> like, the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins Hannah purposely Hill. tanked, like, yeah. that next season to get all the picks that they got. Yeah. Like, Tannehill leaves Gase and becomes a MVP caliber quarterback. Like, yeah. It's the same reason why I'm not ready to give up on Sam Darnold. Like, no, not at all. Yeah. If yeah. he's, if he, and it's, a, that's the thing, too. Like, okay, so you have the number two overall pick. Just, Take like Devonta Smith or take Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater, one of the tackles, whatever you want to do. Uh, see if Darnold is really bad, and if he still is, then guess what? Like, you're gonna have a top five pick again next year anyway. Yeah. So take a quarterback then if you really want to. Like, there's not gonna be any shortage of quarterbacks in the coming years. Like, you're gonna have Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. You're gonna have Sam Howell from North Carolina. A couple of years, you're gonna have the guy with the nightmare name from Clemson. Like. Just if and if you if Darnold is still good, like I think he can be, then you're way closer to success than you thought you were gonna be. Yeah. Definitely. Uh Sam Darnold also that Jets team, they weren't just getting like blown out every game. You know? No, yeah, they were they were competitive enough and I mean they beat a good Rams team and they beat a good Browns team. I mean the Rams loss is much more unforgivable just because of uh not getting devastated by COVID the weekend before the game. But yeah, like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think the jets are that far away as people think or people like to think they are. But I still think it's crazy to have them as your top pick though. If that was, if that rumor was true, I don't see how the jets would be uh, my pick. That'd be like somebody in the NBA saying they want to go to the Knicks. Nobody wants to do that. Like, Just coincidentally, both New York teams. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't personally want to go to the Jets if I was him, but I don't think it's a, as awful a situation as people make out. I just, I, I would, I would think Miami is the spot for him, and I think it's the easiest trade to make work. Easy. You get a if you're the you Texans, get, you get Tua. And yeah, you get right. 
the you number get the three. number three pick, which can easily turn into your corners, your new cornerstone wide receiver. I mean, you can't get much better than that after you just yeah. botched Deshaun Watson and uh, you know, Hopkins. That's insane. And I'll it, never, I'll never understand how they blew that that hard. Especially in the NFL, where like once you have a player under contract, like you practically own them anyway. Right. They, like, I don't know, man. Texans are special. Like we said in the last the, the last cast. Bravo, man. That's just the uh, the, the thirty for thirty on them is going to be amazing. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, but Matthew Stafford. That one was surprising, although I feel like long overdue. He's been wallowing away in Detroit forever. Yeah, that's uh, it's tough, man. I think he wanted to probably be there, but I don't think he has any interest in a full-on rebuild. Yeah, if he's been there that long, again. he clearly enjoyed being in yeah. Detroit. But yeah, to like lose to lose Calvin Johnson and stick it out, and just the way the the way the Lions lose some games, like it's I yeah no I uh. I think he winds up in Indy just because they have they have tons of cap space. They have picks. They can get that done. That'd be a that'd be a shrewd move for them, I think. But my dark horse for him is again San Francisco, because they really are just a quarterback away. San Fran, yeah. Um I think I would go more I'm leaning more towards the Colts. Uh just cause for one, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the Colts want to go back to Brissett at all. And uh, I really feel like the options are running out for them. And they were a really good team. You know, they uh, they were top 10 defense, top 10 offense. Um, as scary as it is for me as a Titans fan, uh, Matthew Stafford going over there makes a lot of sense for them. And they instantly become a contender to me um, once that happens, you know. They're a lot like uh, they're a lot like the Bucks, like they're they're really a quarterback like an actual not that Rivers wasn't, but I mean you could tell kind of in the playoff game, a lot of these older quarterbacks as the season has gone on, like it started to the wears started to become obvious. Yeah, you and when tell Riv- it was Rivers Rivers couldn't even get the ball to the end zone on the hail mary, so like yeah they're just the Colts are ready to like win now. So if they can get a guy like Stafford or um somehow end up with Deshaun or Rogers or something like that like be amazing but there's no way Houston sends Deshaun Watson in the in the division how many years does Stafford have left on that contract I think I saw it was two he still has two years left yeah yeah two years still still sling it too I mean Yeah, Stafford, uh, he's another one. He's like a Philip-esque quarterback to me. He's like the, he's a tough guy. I remember yeah. when he like didn't he like destroy his shoulder? Like dislocated his shoulder yeah. and then still let it come back against the Browns. Yeah, went out there on yeah. like a like a friggin' fourth and goal or something and scored. Yeah, no, he's Stafford's a tough guy. No, he'll he'll land on his feet somewhere. Yeah, can uh can't wait to see this off season was gonna feel felt like it was about to be a little dry and then yeah well again now. like Rogers press conference was uh the way he said what he said is gonna fuel so much 
speculation for a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll see. I know a lot of people are going to be upset. Packer Nation is is not happy right now. Oh, uh, well. Most you know. of them are saying that it's rigged and they're in denial. But, uh, <laughs> they're on that New I Orleans, always, the New Orleans train the, right now. The, yeah, the, the Saints fan. It's everyone's yeah, no, fault but ours. But yeah. uh, that's honestly the I will all I'll go to my grave saying that the uh, the no call on the P.I. in 2018 was the best call ever. It's just. <laughs> God, I love it. The the cognitive dissonance for the fans of the franchise that was running Bounty Gate to be upset about refs is just so funny to me. Like I think we watched the 2012 NFC Championship together when, you know, the Saints did everything short of pulling out a gun and shooting Brett Favre. Yes, we did. Like, yeah, come on now. To have the audacity to be upset about refs when that was your team, like come on. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Some people uh, don't want to don't want to see the don't want to look in the mirror to see the <laughs> truth. That's what it comes down to, really. Oh man, man. But yeah, this uh, if this quarterback carousel actually happens the way it's uh, sounding like it can, it's gonna be really interesting and really fun. Yeah. It's gonna be a real fun off season. Um, is that all for football? Did we already work through football? Yeah, man. I think so. Not, we're on the Super Bowl, man. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. That's actually the more I think about it, that's such a good, it's such a good matchup. It's a, it's gonna be a passing of the guard when Mahomes beats him and Tom Brady calls it quits. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brady will, Brady will play past this year. He's got two years on his contract. Uh, he'll play the contract out. Yeah. You know, it's it's twenty five million and then I mean I honestly I think he'll try one year deals until he's fifty. You think so? Yeah, until like he's going to play until he physically can't anymore. Like that's I or think until that's people the, tell him he can't. Yeah, that's that's the move for Brady, so uh we'll see. But it's again, just I think I think we all need to just take a moment to realize how insane it is that Tom Brady's in his 10th Super Bowl in 20 years. Yeah. yeah. It's a, um, uh, it's one of those, uh, it's, it's like, unbelievable. You, you gotta just enjoy it while you're in that moment. Um, you're living through history. This is the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, people make those 30 for thirties and, uh, last dances too. <laughs> and you can watch them, you know, and say that you actually saw this happen live, you know, you got to appreciate it while it's here because you miss them when they're gone kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that's all for the NFL, so we should probably move to the uh, depressing part of the show. Wow. The association? <laughs> the one I've been dreading. Why? Uh, we'll just we'll just come up. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> all right. Um, well, Kyrie Irving uh, returned to the lineup after his hiatus. And the Nets did what we expected them to do, be bad on offense. I mean, be bad on defense, put up a ton of offense. Yeah. But uh, they lost to the worst offensive team in the league, <laughs> the they Cleveland made, Cavaliers, two times made, uh, in a row. 
they had Colin Sexton out there looking like Steph Curry, man. Colin Sexton in that first game was going off. Yeah. Like all kinds of off and Irving wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah, no, that's they're they're a fun team, they're a fun roster, but I legitimately I don't know what they can really do. I mean, they'll find a buyout guy or two, but that team does not play any defense at all. Like they don't even try. And I you can't give up like 140 points to the Cavaliers no. and then 120 points the next game and expect me to take you seriously. I just um yeah, like <laughs> it was their their main weakness. I mean, they're weak all over on defense. I mean, they're Kyrie Irving's not the best defender. James no. Harden put defense away when he left OKC. <laughs> Durant's okay at defense. He's, he's just yeah, Durant's just coming off a torn Achilles, so yeah, that too. But um, that center position, like anyone at center is gonna eat. Yeah, if they have like, a decent center. Like, no. I mean, Jared Jared Allen scored like. I mean, he was pretty efficient. He wasn't their main feature, but he was efficient. And then they played the Heat yesterday, and the Heat lost. That was their first win as a trio, but Bam Adebayo had 41 points yeah, on that. those nets. I saw that, yeah. Um, what do you think Joel Embiid and AD are going to do? <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh... Ah, uh, yeah. I just I'm stunned that uh, uh, uh what's his name? Uh, D'Antoni disciple and Steve Nash, who has D'Antoni on his bench, would uh have a team that prefers not to play any defense whatsoever. I can't. Oh yeah, I couldn't fathom that. Yeah, Doesn't make any sense unreal. at all. Yeah, it's unreal. I mean, it's like it's almost like they they were on a team together that didn't play any defense before, and they they. They put their non-defense expertise together for these nets. Uh, we'll have our crack research team look into that and see what's going on there. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. But they do look really good, and they're looking exactly the way that we expected them to be as far as offense goes. James Harden has, you know, the lead in assists. Um, yeah, yeah. I would I mean, prefer Harden to put up a few more shots than he has been especially a little later in games. I think the game should um, – Harden should be playmaking more and the ball should end up in Durant's hands a little bit more. But uh, I think, yeah. you know, they're on offense, they're doing what was expected. They're a, you know, they're a work in progress as much as they can be. So, you know, we'll yeah. see where they get to. People are living it up right now. A lot of haters are loving the fact that they're losing a couple games, but they forget that almost every big three – has had a really rough start to their season. Every single yeah. one. The Heat like, started out nine and eight. Um, like literally every big three that gets together, they are trash when they're first yeah. those first like 10, 15 games. And then they get it together in down the stretch when it matters most. I'm yeah. more afraid of those nets in a playoff scenario than I am in a regular season scenario. And that's oh, why yeah. that's why I think they'll get to the finals. I think the playoff scenario will be a little different. Um, focus when the game slows down and they have the three best individual ISO players on the team and the best creators on their team in the league, they're they're gonna be a problem. Then it, it'll be enough 
to overcome some of their defensive woes, yeah. especially depending on who they get in the buyout market. No, they're they're going to be good, and I I do think they're going to make the NBA Finals. Um, but yeah, I just like you said, like what what are they going to do against Anthony Davis? Like that's end of the end of the day, like. AD should average like 45 a game against that team. Oh, if it's the Lakers Nets finals, LeBron can kiss that finals MVP goodbye because he's going to (laughs) drop 45 a game. Yeah. And there's going to be no, like LeBron could have average 20 assists that entire series and drop 25 a game. And they're going to have to give it to AD still because he's going to average some ridiculous number of points. I just, yeah, like, they're they're the default in the East for me just because nobody really stands out in the East to no. me. Like Giannis, Giannis has not improved in the issues that still have plagued him. Are for, still there? Yeah, like that game against the Lakers the other day. Like Giannis, he doesn't have anything besides putting his head down and driving to the basket. Like his shot isn't, his shot's not there yet. Like. And that stuff kind of matters in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You have to be that more will, than get a... you through the regular season. But yeah, like once the games tighten up, and it it comes down less to like just having more depth than it is you know making plays. And so like when you have LeBron or Anthony Davis, it's a lot easier to to go out there and get a bucket. Or when you have like Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. But like the Bucks are still going to be at this thing where like if Giannis isn't like shooting lights out from three, which he's not very often to do, uh, they're going to have a hard time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the addition of Drew Holiday helps a little bit, but I still don't think it's enough to get them over no. the hump. I think so. Not at all. Um, I think they're going to have trouble even just getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. If it falls, if it gets, if the seeding ends up in a way where the only way they could meet the Nets was in the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm not sure they even get to meet them. No, I don't think you so know? either. Not, not right now. And I mean, obviously, it's very early, but there's just I haven't seen anything from him. And it's like, you know, he's still great. Like he's a great player, but there are some guys where uh, I don't really care what you do in the regular season anymore. Like people are losing their minds over Paul George. And, like, yeah, he's playing great, but, like, the regular season's never been the issue for Paul George. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the uh, it's the throwing up a three and having it hit the backboard in the playoffs that's the <laughs> issue. Like, so kinda it's like, kind of that, uh, that, that Peyton Manning syndrome. Like, yeah, we've seen you go exactly. crazy in the regular season, but once the playoffs come, you're throwing picks. You're, you're, yeah, and... you're, you're tightening up, and all of a sudden you're not hitting the shots you're supposed to be hitting. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Yeah, I got to see something from Giannis. Uh, until I do, I'm gonna always bet against them yeah. until yeah. I see something otherwise. Really, uh, but yeah, the Sixers. I don't think they could get past the Sixers. Um, the Heat aren't in the playoff picture at the moment, but I'm not worried about that because they're they've been resting Butler and a few players. They'll be in the playoff hunt again, and. If they run into them, I don't think that they could beat Miami either. Like, no. There are plenty of there are a few teams that I don't think the Bucks could beat in a playoff situation, and yeah, they're kind of in trouble. I think, I think uh, Giannis shouldn't have signed that contract. Ooh. <sighs> yeah, no, I don't. 
yeah it's get better man just get better like i don't i'll never i'll never forget him beating the lakers in that regular season game in milwaukee last year and then like miming the crown on his head (laughs) and now like i again like guys will never learn that they shouldn't mock lebron james because it just never works out for them uh haters players that mock him people trying to take his throne and make commercials about it's their town God, yeah. they all need to just stop you'd think after 18 years you'd figure that out but dude nope <sighs> tough scene tough scene all around yeah um i'm not betting against lebron james until he's retired no because <laughs> <laughs> uh even when he's in the twilight of his career which i don't honestly don't think lebron will try and drag out his career like that but even if he played into his twilight he'd still be averaging like his stat line would be probably a triple double at that point yeah he'd be dropping like 18 11 with 10 rebounds easily just being a role player oh, man i don't want to think about the end of lebron oh yeah no we're gonna enjoy we're gonna enjoy uh him as he is, just like we're enjoying Tom Brady at the moment. All right, but let's uh, get, let's uh, let's just get to it, man. No, let's no, do it. we're gonna hold it off a little bit longer, man. We got a couple more news clips. What else has happened in the NBA? Steph Curry passed Reggie Miller for second oh, yeah. all time <laughs> on the three-point list. That's fine. Uh, yeah, no, and the best part about that is that as time goes on, like. Reggie Miller's just going to get further and further off that top 10 list because guys are just taking so many more threes now. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's hurry up and erase Reggie Miller from the halls of NBA history. (laughs) So do you think that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time? Yeah. Yes. Not even, not even even a question, man. Look, I've, I've seen people try and, and argue the fact that they do shoot more threes now than they did in the in the nba back in the day but yeah he makes them at such a insane yeah and the difficulty of his threes yeah people back then weren't doing larry bird wasn't hitting step back jays like step back threes (laughs) from like 35 feet out and stuff like steph curry constantly is taking difficult threes not spot up threes we're talking about difficult threes at insane no. clips, what for his career he's shooting forty three percent from three. There was, I think it was his first or second. How many? He has two MVPs, right? Yes. I think it was his second MVP year where it was more efficient for the Warriors to take a long three than it was for them to try to score anywhere else on the court. Oh uh, yeah, fifteen, fifteen, sixteen. He's just shooting. 45% from three. He's actually done that three times in his career yeah. so far. No, nah, he's, he's, he's easily the best shooter ever. And I think it's funny, like these last few years have kind of made people forget just how good Steph Curry was at his peak. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, no, nah, there was, there was no more fun guy to watch than Steph Curry when he was really uh, going out there. Yeah. He's uh, one of those few players that can boast that he did more for the game like than 
most players he's yeah he literally changed how the game is played before those warriors before he arrived it was you live by the three you die by the three you'd hear chuck out there uh they're a jump shooting team they're not gonna be able to win like <sighs> oh man they killed that see- yeah, no, he's now everyone wants to shoot at three. I mean, Dirk yeah. Nowitzki had big men wanting to shoot threes before. Now, now there isn't a big man on the planet who wants to play in the post or yeah. any player. Everyone wants yeah. to take a three from 35 feet out. Like, and that's that's part of part of that, too, is just like Houston bastardizing the game for a while there. But I think now that that's a failed experiment, you know what's crazy we'll about that, see... though? They they purposely shot threes like i don't think the warriors did it on purpose for analytics sake like it's just they had those players yeah and they were open and they made those shots you know what i mean and that was their identity the 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 rockets went out of their way to only shoot threes and they didn't even have the impact the warriors had in changing the way the game is played like no one credits the rockets for that because they, they deserve none. They deserve, they deserve none. no credit. They... Yeah. Get get out of here, man. The Warriors did, see, uh... did it within the flow of an actual basketball game. They yeah, didn't force then, it. Then they added Kevin Durant and basketball died for a couple years. Yeah, and no yeah. one talked about it. <laughs> uh, did you see that post-game interview with Shaq and Donovan Mitchell the other day? Yes, I did. That was so I'm, bad. Listen, I'm kind of tired of old heads talking. Yeah. No. It's... Especially Shaq I have a problem with. Yeah. Like, and to be honest, his Donovan Mitchell take, I wasn't, on first listen, I wasn't so upset over it because I felt like compared to the things that he said to other players, he was actually trying to like, and let him know that he was trying to push his buttons to be better. Yeah. Where other people, he just straight flat out disrespects the hell out of them for no yeah. reason. Just out of nowhere. Like, what is the point, Shaq? telling Rudy Gobert that you would dunk all over him and score 40 points a night on him just because he signed a lucrative contract like don't be a friggin' hater like you didn't get that money because that money wasn't available when you played if you were here when we were when this money was there you would be getting paid the more if not the same as Rudy Gobert got like yeah it's Shaq's just upset that he didn't try hard enough when he played (laughs) <laughs> as good as Shaq was, like he could have been so much better, and I think it, which I think it wild, eats away at him. Which is yeah. wild. It, it eats away at him, and he just can't. I, I don't know, man. After that, with after that exchange with Donovan, like I'm ready to see him not on inside the NBA anymore. Yeah. They really need to move on from him and Chuck, him and Chuck. They're a lot of these old heads are just forgetting that the game evolves, yeah. and they. Well, it's they glamorize like, their era when honestly, like today, if you took Donovan Mitchell and you plucked him and threw him into the 90s, <laughs> like just, I guarantee uh, you he would have been in finals with, with Michael Jordan. Yeah, like, no. you know what I mean? Like you could yeah. pluck a lot of these players from today and throw them into these eras that people try to glamorize and they're going to dominate. Yeah. And no, they forget just... that. I mean, LeBron James... Uh, I've he- I've heard people try and say if if you threw LeBron James in the the late '80s, early '90s, he would get bullied and be thrown on the floor and blah blah blah. Like, bro, LeBron James is six eight six nine, like two seventy. 
If he yeah, was like, allowed, if he played in the eighties, where you were allowed to throw your body around, do yeah. you think any? You think Bill Lambeer would have <laughs> took an elbow from LeBron James coming down the lane? He would have broke yeah. Bill Lambeer. No, but and especially because none of those guys in the eighties were as athletic as he was. Like that's, like that's why, like when you see Michael Jordan, like he was just more athletic than everybody else. Guys like Sean Kemp. Bill Lambeer was the enforcer, right? Everyone likes yeah. to talk about him on uh, the Pistons. He was 6'11", 245 pounds. <laughs> you really think LeBron James coming down the lane at 270 uh, and 6'9", with yeah. a head of steam that he has, that he's going to stay in front of him? And yeah. LeBron's allowed to lead with a knee like Carl Malone? <laughs> or with a, Or clear him out with a bow? Yeah. No, like get out of here, bro. <laughs> like get out of here. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, no, the the era thing always pisses me off, especially There's... like, especially in a sport like baseball, like where you have guys be like, "Oh, Clayton Kershaw could never handle old school baseball," and it's like, dude, if Kershaw pitched in like the fifties or the sixties, they'd kill him because they think he was a wizard. <laughs> like, it's just, I hate it. I don't like the era comp. I don't like the era comps. I just don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't really work. There's there are select players that you can plug anywhere, and they will they will uh, you know, be able to play. You could take yeah. Like I think uh, like obviously Jordan. If you took Jordan, he was great enough that if you put him in today's game, he's gonna do the same stuff that he did in his era. If you put Kareem in this era, I still think he would dominate because no one would be able to stop the friggin' skyhook to save their lives. You know what I mean? Like, there are yeah. certain players. Olajuwon's another one. As athletic as he was, um, I think he would have been able to survive nowadays, too. And it's like, there are very few players that can do that, you know? Um, yeah. But for the most part, you can take anyone from now and throw them back in the day. And they're gonna. You could put J.R. Smith in the '60s, <laughs> and we're talking about him like like he's freaking Julius Irving. J.R. Smith in the '60s would be high on uh, PCP all the time. <laughs> You're right. It might be the same outcome. Actually, yeah, no, I think <laughs> <laughs> he might. I think that's the same. That's the same. <laughs> He'd get lost. Oh, he wouldn't know man. where to find him. He would know. He would have played like five games. And then they would have just not known where you went. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Last bit of news that I personally want to touch on before the big finale is uh, I saw LeVar was in the news again talking about, uh, I guess, saying speaking for LaMelo and saying that he wasn't happy with coming off the bench. Oh, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um well, he shouldn't be because he's better than like half the people on the Hornets. So what are we doing? Yeah, here? and then his coach, the Charlotte's coach said, uh, they said because the last game he played, he played like sixteen minutes, but he had five turnovers, and he said, well, you can't get more more minutes if you're not gonna if you're gonna turn the ball over five times in sixteen minutes and not give me anything on defense. <sighs> My argument to that <laughs> is that I get I actually like what he's doing if it happens the way that I think it is. Um I'm pretty sure after All-Star break he's going to start starting him. 
Like, I think the reason why he's not starting is because there was no training camp. And there was, and I think he's yeah. on record of saying this too. Like, there was no, um, there's no training camp. There's no um, uh, summer league for, for LaMelo yeah. to go out there and do anything. And so this is technically the beginning of the season is his, like, summer league kind of. But <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. his first taste of NBA, of NBA competition at any level. So, um, but I think at a certain point, you need to just throw him out here. Yeah. For one, yeah. he's averaging on the season. He plays 24 minutes a game. He's only averaging two turno- 2.3 turnovers. Only on a few occasions has he had a high turnover rate. But let's be honest, he's a young player. Like, these things are going to happen, yeah. and they kind of have to, especially as flashy a player as he is, um, he's going to have to work through the kinks. I mean, Jason yeah. Kidd, he averaged, like, four turnovers a game at playing, like, 32, 34 minutes a night. Uh, in his like first couple seasons, like you gotta let them go out there and just be them, and they'll figure it out when you have a talent yeah. like that. You know, you, you learn you learn through playing. It's it's like uh, I hate I hate the argument that you draft a rookie quarterback and stash them behind a vet so they can learn the game. Like, no, just they the only way they're gonna get better is if they actually play. Exactly, like, it's, it's like the Tua thing. Like, why yeah. throw Fitzpatrick in to finish a game? Like, let yeah. Tua figure it's, it out. You know. It's stupid, and I think it translates across all sports. I mean, the only one that it really doesn't is baseball, but that, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. That's Baseball's different. drafts the number one pick, and you don't see you him don't for see six him years. You don't see him for, like, five years, yeah. yeah. All um, of a sudden, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, there's no – the Hornets are not winning an NBA title. So, like, yeah, it, you might as well just let LaMelo grow on the floor. And I think, honestly, yeah. I think it's the opposite, like – because there was no training camp, because there's no summer league, like sitting him doesn't accomplish anything. So just throw him out there, let him learn the game, learn, get up the the NBA speed and all that. Mm. And you can figure it out later. But yeah, I don't zero reason for him to be sitting. And I think we were talking about it earlier, but like, yeah, they've, they've got to move on from Terry Rozier at this point. I think, um, I, that was my thoughts at first, but I'm starting to believe that, um, Maybe Devontae Graham might be the one that you slide off of. He hasn't hmm. been that great this season. He's only a year younger than Terry Rozier. Um, I think the combination of LaMelo and Rozier might be a better look going forward. That's true. That's true. But you have to you have to test it out, you know. Yeah. You have to you have to throw them Just, out there. Throw them out exactly. there. Exactly. Give like, him give him that time, you know. Yeah. Lamelo was what? He was number two overall. Yes. Yeah. So just just throw him out there. Yeah. And I don't I, mind honestly. I don't mind them waiting like the the giving them limited amounts of time because of you know the shortened off season. It's a fine idea to me, but I think what irks me the most is he didn't need to respond the way that he did about it because he didn't need to respond to what Lavar said. No, like people need to stop responding to, stop. Yeah, to what exactly. he says. Who cares? Like, who cares says, if he says something? He says that shit just to get airtime, and yeah, like that's that's the that's the uh, that's the part about that that's frustrating. I think, and the Hornets are gonna learn sooner rather than later that they've got a. I don't know. I don't want to say tanked Lonzo's career in L.A., but he. Uh, 
he definitely hindered, I think, Lonzo's growth in Los Angeles. I would hate to see it happen to LaMelo. Um, I only think it won't happen to LaMelo because LaMelo has a has a different game. Um, LaMelo yeah. has well, the and- confidence on offense to put the ball in the basket and do things that a fan base in a big market would expect of their star. Where Lonzo, um, he was he needed time to grow. Honestly, Lonzo needed to not have all that pressure on him and he needed to feel the game out yeah. for a couple seasons. I think LA I think wasn't the, biggest, the place. Yeah, no, that's the biggest issue for both of them. Um, LeVar got too much media attention being in Los Angeles. And as a result, like Lonzo got too much pressure being in Los Angeles. And it didn't help that Magic Johnson was like, you know, hey, he's going to be better than I ever was. Yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> Showtime Lakers are back. Yeah, and oh it's like, God. listen, Lonzo has is an has an amazing feel for the game and an amazing vision, but his offense, uh, his shooting, scoring part of his offense was no, not just, there. It just wasn't okay. there yet, still. and still kind of like he's still, still working not. on his J. He's, I mean, his J's getting better, but you know he's not gonna go out here and average sixteen points a game yet. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. But I guess we could. Uh, get to the get to the meat the dark part yeah so yeah. january 26th will be the one year anniversary of kobe's tragic death yeah and i feel like we should uh take some time out this episode just to maybe uh i mean everything about kobe has been said i would say but maybe we just reflect on what kobe bryant meant to us as individuals and what we think he meant to the game to us to me the more interesting part about kobe's impact is his impact on the city of los angeles um they loved him in this city man like i don't think you'll never see an athlete reach the level of respect that everybody in los angeles had for kobe bryant um and especially like multiculturally too. Like that's that was always the thing that really pissed me off about that Clippers marketing campaign last year where they were trying to market themselves as like the blue collar team in Los Angeles. Like Kobe Bryant's work work ethic absolutely inspired so many people in Los Angeles. And I would go even further and say, like, I know plenty of like Filipino people that like looked at Kobe Bryant as an inspiration and Latino and obviously black and white, everybody just, yeah, his, his impact on Los Angeles as a city is something to behold. And I don't know if there's an athlete across the country that has ever impacted the city the way he has. And uh, that was just such a surreal day. Uh, even doesn't, doesn't feel like a year ago. It feels honestly just like just yesterday. Uh, especially given what happened the night before with LeBron passing him on the all-time scoring list. And then, you know, to wake up the next morning and have someone be like, you know, hey, uh, Kobe Bryant died. And be like, what are you talking about? And then the news starts to trickle in. And, uh, you know, as someone that works in sports media, like, it's tough. Like, you don't. You, you see that that story comes from TMZ and uh, you don't want to jump the gun 
and be like, oh, well, that's true, definitely, because it's not like TMZ is the most reliable. But then in the back of your head, you also know, like, TMZ usually gets that kind of stuff right. Like, I think I remember telling you that TMZ was reporting that Michael Jackson had passed away. And so that was just... Once it, once I saw that it was from TMZ, like, I just got that pit in my stomach. And, you know, just as more information comes out, as it starts to get confirmed, and it's just... Just a hard. It was a hard day. Yeah, um, you have a knack for breaking that kind of news to me. <laughs> I think you've broken every celebrity death there is to me in the last like thirteen years. <laughs> but uh, to me, uh, Kobe Bryant, what cements. What I think is different about his legacy than any other player in the history of the game is, uh, well, for one, he was the first athlete that we actually got to watch. We watched grow up from start to finish, and he actually played through a lot of this, you know, through about half of the uh, the beginning of the social media era. And, uh, we, I mean, we got to see him grow up. Uh, we got to see, uh, man, it's hard to talk about. <laughs> Basically, what's different about him is uh, where people in the 90s wanted to be like Mike. Kobe Bryant went and did that, and then he taught us how to be like Mike. Um, the Mamba mentality is something that will live on forever he created an idea that will never die um and it's not something that is strictly related to basketball the mamba mentality lives through anything that you want to achieve um if you want to be a better husband if you want to be better at your sports media job at your regular desk job you want to be a better doctor you want to um you want to be better at video games. You want to be better at a different whole different sport altogether. You take the lessons that he taught through the Mamba mentality of just trying to learn everything that you possibly can and having that drive and determination to, you know, achieve your goal and you're going to do that. And, you know, it's, I think that's why it hurt so much when he left this world because he had so much to give us past his retirement. Um, and not just, you know, he wasn't just a guy that dribbled a basketball. Like, his mind was so much bigger than that. And there was so much more that we, you know, he had to offer. Um, I mean, I loved that at the end of his career and after his career he was constantly in contact with players in the league that wanted to learn from him you know and he was more than willing to share anything that he could with them you know um i loved his work in the women's game you know uh working not only with his daughter but with other prominent female basketball players and taking his daughter to games and just trying to I would have loved to see what his impact and influence would have been and what it would have done for, you know, 
the WNBA in women's basketball, especially when, you know, when Gigi would have become of age to get there. You know what I mean? Um, it's still, like you said, it's... And like you said, like he would, he had just started his second career. And I think that's the, that's, it's, it's hard. And, uh, you know, I think one of the funny things is like, not funny, but we all wanted so bad for there to be a LeBron Kobe rivalry. And I think as we get further away from it, we realize that those two had so much respect for each other. Mm-hmm. And it just, and like, yeah, like you said, like this, everything he did for the women's game and all that is remarkable. Um, but it's just, it doesn't feel real still. Like I'll talk to, I'll talk to one of our friends and be like, you know, we'll just talk about it randomly. And it's like, oh yeah, Kobe's not here anymore. And it's like, that was, that was the thing that hit me that day is that like, um, he never, he always just was here in Los Angeles. Like, Kobe Bryant was synonymous with the city. Mm-hmm. And so for it to not like for him to not be here anymore, it, it's always going to be surreal. And it's just, yeah, it's just always going to be a bunch of what ifs. And, you know, obviously like the loss of Gigi is almost unfathomable. And then watching the, the services at Staples center was amazing. That story that Shaq told was so funny. I like, yeah. and it's hard to not like, yeah, like Tuesday is going to be awful. There's going to be so much ugly crying all around. Like it's just. Yeah, there, There isn't a celebrity death that I can think of that hit. I'll, I'm just going to say that's hit a city even as hard as this one has. Like, no. I feel like right. living, living in the LA area, it's a, uh, living in Southern California, like, you can feel it still. I don't know how it is for the rest of the nation. I have I have a feeling it's the same based on, like, the coverage that there is on it and just listening to other people uh, that I know from different parts of uh, the country. But, you know, usually a celebrity passes and you, you're you sad. Yeah, like... You're sad for a little bit. Like, Mike, I'm not going to lie. When Michael Jackson died, I shed a tear. But, oh, like, yeah, I, mean, I was kind of over it after, like, the first month or two. Kobe yeah. Bryant still gives you this weird pit in your stomach. Like, I couldn't really just, talk earlier, and I had a whole thing I wanted to talk about. It like, was just planned It out. was just so sudden. It was so sudden, and it just came out of nowhere. And for it to be as horrific as it was, I think that doesn't help. And, yeah, like, it's just... And I think, like, kind of going back to what I said, like, he inspired the world like he was ours in los angeles like we you know like kobe bryant was our athlete like he's synonymous with the city like i said like it's like what is it? it's like kobe magic and then maybe like uh fernando valenzuela but even then like it's probably a long list of lakers on that list but kobe is above all of them and no matter what you think of his career whoever you think is better than him, worse than him, blah, blah, blah. Like everybody in the city, if they like basketball, like they like Kobe Bryant, they like the Lakers. Um, everyone in Los Angeles was ride or die for, for Kobe Bryant. It yeah. didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter if you had 
yeah I, I mean or anything it didn't matter like it, no. he could do no wrong he uh and even even before i liked basketball like i still knew who he was mm-hmm. and That's like as i thing, got yeah. older and started to understand basketball more like you start to res- you like you couldn't help but respect him and love him and everything he did and like watching his last game and crying at that getting getting emotional over that and then knowing like you know now knowing that what like four years later three years later after that that he'd just be gone yeah you lose like and like as as he was just starting and you know it's just i'm not ready to see what pal has to say it's just yeah um it's yeah it's crazy dude um and it sucks because I spent a majority of his last few years right before the Achilles, well, before the Achilles injury, like not being the biggest fan of him because <laughs> being a Heat fan and <laughs> how diehard these Laker people are for Kobe, they created this rivalry between the Lakers yeah. and Miami that never materialized. Never, and they it never came to fruition. Yeah. So threatened by those big that big three in Miami that never played the Lakers in a meaningful game um they made me dislike the Lakers and they made (laughs) me dislike Kobe because of their attitudes and like so I look back at that and I feel like that sucks like I didn't get to appreciate him as much as I should have during his prime during the end of his prime yeah, you know, but I mean, I think the best part about that is that like we live in the age where you can literally just go to YouTube and search Kobe best games. Yeah, and it's just like right there. I actually... And like I, I think like knowing, like I said, like knowing that him and LeBron had that mutual respect for each other and that love for each other. I don't know, like oh yeah, all the way till it the just end. makes it easier. You know? All the way till his last days. Um. <laughs> I'll tell like one one Kobe story uh before we dip out for me. Um I remember being at a Lakers game. It was Lakers Nets. This was in like uh, this had to have been like oh six, oh seven. This is when, when Kobe was completely by himself with like Smush <laughs> Parker as his point guard, okay? Yeah. Like the eighty one point game days and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> um so I got box seats. Um, my dad's company had box seats. Me and my dad went to the game. Um, the Lakers are down by like 12, 13 points with like two minutes to go. And everyone in our box leaves the game. They just dip out. <laughs> and like me and my dad looked at each other and looked around and we were like, do they – do they not know Kobe is still in the game? And no lie, in those next in that next like three minutes that were left in the game, Kobe went off and ended up tying the game up and going into overtime. Like all those people who were in the box completely missed out on all of that. Yeah. Now the Lakers did not pull out the victory <laughs> after all of that, but Kobe was one of those people that like. When he was in a game, you couldn't turn it off. It didn't no, matter he... how much they were down. Um, the game was never completely out of reach until the buzzer hit zero, <laughs> and the Lakers didn't have as many points as the other team. Yeah, like that was the he. 
you couldn't if you knew sports if you knew the lakers if you knew kobe bryant you weren't gonna turn the tv off until the buzzer no. sounded yeah the my my favorite game of his like that i think it was like 13 or 14 maybe like 12 against the raptors and they were down like seven with 40 something seconds to go and kobe just hit like a bunch of backbreaker threes to like tie the game and send it in overtime and just kept doing it. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, like it, it's funny. Like the mystique of Kobe is sometimes greater than the actual player, but like, there are just so many moments like that, that Laker fans can go back to and look at. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, you totally understand why they feel that way oh, yeah. and you can't blame them at all. And I, I think my favorite thing that Kobe said was like, after LeBron signed here, you know, he was talking about how you like, not everybody can play here. And I think like, I think everybody should know by now that the expectations of Laker fans is extremely high. So much so that after that first, like that first garbage year with LeBron, like some of these people were out in the streets being like, you know, sell the team genie fire, uh, fire, fire, Rob Palenka, blah, blah, blah. Trade LeBron. Yeah. Like, the the expectations and obviously like that's not the that's not the core of the fan base but like kobe was giving an interview and he basically said that not everybody's built to play here and that you have to want to do it and you have to want to take that pressure on and like that is the perfect summation of his career i think like he wanted to be here he took that pressure and like he won five five titles could have had more yeah Man, 2010 was, will always be my favorite finals, I think. Uh, was that the one where he played the, the Magic? Celtics. Oh, the no, Celtics, Celtics one. Celtics. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Magic one was in game 08. Seven. Yeah. yeah. That, that game seven where even where he wasn't – people like to point out the six for 24 or whatever it was, but, like, Kobe was getting rebounds in that game, and he was getting assists. Like, he was doing the other stuff that mm-hmm. he needed to do for them to win. And yeah. I. I think like that gets a loss a lot in his career too, is he was, he was always willing to do what it took. And that's like, that really rubbed off on the city of Los Angeles. <laughs> Remember that game uh, or that playoff series? Were you watching basketball at that point when, uh, Which year? It, it was when they played the Suns. I'm pretty sure it was during the smush years too. He dragged them to the playoffs. They played the Suns. They were up three, one and everyone complained about, how he wasn't passing the ball enough, so he just only passed the ball for the yeah, next I think, three games, I think I and they that, lost yeah. the series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, yeah. That's a it's it's gonna be it's just I don't know it's just never gonna set in. Yeah. Ah oh, man. Well, I don't want to cry on. Uh... <laughs> on cast so <laughs> i think we should uh end that here i want to thank everyone who was uh for watching whether on youtube or uh listening on podcast uh we'll have another episode for you coming on uh monday so uh peace see you guys bearded king Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Uh, we the best of the best. Not too many top-notch podcasts left. We don't even need much time to prep. Never ever know what we gon' do next.
next, but real recognize real, you see, so please tell me that you're feeling me, cause I can smell jealousy from a mile away, and there's no space for that on the show today, uh, might hurt a couple feelings, but so what, it'll be a good story to tell when we blow up, try to shut us down, you gon' have no luck, cause we locked in, then we tryna get the whole cut, so just vibe, look alive, pay homage, we arrive, we ain't going nowhere, so fall back, legendary anthem, like left eye and all that, unpopular, opinion, I'll swagger on, a million, immaculate, civilians, adapting like chameleons, be cautious and our dominion, banks all around us, on Vivian, taking off like balloons filled with helium, got cheese and bread, Sicilian, unpopular, opinion, unpopular, opinion.